Welcome to episode 47 of the Draft Lab podcast, brought to you by MTGAZone.com. I'm your host, Josh Phillips, a.k.a. J2S Josh, and I'm not joined by my co-host, all-time 17 Lands Trophy leader, Crocodile Chris Palmiotti. Instead, I tossed up an alley-oop and it was slammed down by my boy Benji, a.k.a. to Jordan, the official hype man of the lab. We're what gonna be is talking... up? Damn it, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> I did not prompt you. <laughs> I didn't know we had prompts. There are prompts. <laughs> there are rules. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. We're going to be talking you through the basis of Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate. How's it going today, Benji? It is going fantastic. I woke up, got some coffee, and started reading about Alchemy Horizons Baldur's Gate and learned that we have a lot to learn still, but there's a lot of exciting mechanics and stuff that's already been spoiled, so I'm pretty excited to draft this set. Cool. I'm sure everybody's really excited for it. <laughs> Which weekly, brings us to weekly our update. Week. God damn it, Benji. <laughs> Did you know that Chromatic Cube is still going on? I do. I've only played one so far. I still want nothing to do with it. It's unpowered, and the horrible payout really just turns me off. I want power in my cube, and I want to Raffalo's plow under somebody, or cube doesn't do it for me. There's always magic online for you. There is. The water's warm. I've been there. I've still been having fun with the streets of New Capenna, though. I've been doing some best of three drafts, not keeping up with Chris by any means, but I have certainly had some fun doing like the four color decks a lot with Sacklands. Yeah, but SNC is on its last legs. I'm really glad we have a new set coming up because I don't think there's any way we could get through another couple months of SNC. I totally agree. And I think that my favorite thing about the Chromatic Cube the draft that I did was the alchemy cards. Like it doesn't even feel like super like regular magic anymore. It's like things are just going crazy. It's a ton of fun. I just have a blast. Like when I played like the MIQ of alchemy, like had no idea what was going on, but it's a really fun mechanic. And I think one of the main things that people aren't experiencing it is because it's like hard to craft the decks for constructed. And so being able to play with the cards in limited is going to be really exciting. Sometimes it ups the power level a bit too much, but it at least keeps it fresh for a little while. Yes, definitely prioritize your alchemy cards. So speaking of Alchemy Horizons, Baldur's Gate, that's what we're here to talk about. Getting into the mechanics of it and just generally how we think they're going to play out. We're going to hit up all these mechanics in alphabetical order, starting off with Adventure. This is an easy one because it's returning from Throne of Eldraine, everybody's favorite set. And yeah. For those who missed it, if you play the adventure side, you put it in the adventure zone and then can play it for the second half later. If you play the second half first, that's just what you get. I love adventure cards as they just feel like you got something thrown in for free. While originally you could only get creatures off it, now the second half can be something different. One thing to note on adventure is if your targets disappear and the spell fizzles, you will not get the card in the adventure zone and it'll just end up in the graveyard. So definitely be careful with that. One of the cards with it is Pegasus Guardian. Though this one's kind of interesting because the creature is overcosted. It's just because it's a 3 3 flyer for six that at the beginning of your end step of permanent control died, you put a 1 1 flying creature into play. It's not awful, but it's like one or two mana too expensive. But the first half is just a blink effect for two, which is sometimes just playable on its own. Absolutely. So in this case, you get an overcosted creature thrown in for free. 
that ability is kind of nice. I mean, if the, it does end up being like a, a long grindy format or something like that, I could definitely see the Pegasus Guardian just being a card that really helps grind those late games. Yeah, we don't actually have enough cards previewed yet to have an idea of the speed of the format. Time will tell. But I think certain abilities that we'll get to might make it pretty snowbally. I'm excited to hear about those. Oh, yeah. Giggity, giggity, goo. Woohoo. The next ability is Boon. This is a very simple one. It's just kind of a key wording now for something that's existed before. It's just a delayed trigger, similar to an emblem in that it can't be interacted with once it's there. So if you've ever played with Tenacious Pup, then you have a good idea how Boon works. It just sits over there on the side, and then the next creature you play gets some kind of bonus to it. I like the idea of Boon. I like the fact that it allows you to like cast your cards and still be able to get the value from them later on if you don't have like the right sequence of cards early on whereas like a card like kumano faces kakazan you really need that two drop the next turn or else maybe you don't even want to cast your card whereas boon gives you just the ability to get your effects regardless of kind of the sequencing of your draws or something like that but i think that you know i don't have a whole lot to say on boon here it's a a pretty basic ability that yeah is just kind of keywording an old card and it really rewards proper sequencing that's a very good point All right, the next ability is Double Team. This is when a creature with this ability taxed, you conjure a copy of it into your hand, and they both lose Double Team. Wow. This is a powerful limited mechanic. At least you get a chance to kill it before it doubles up, which I think is going to put removal at a premium, because these are most likely going to be kill on sight, as far as the good ones are. Oh, yes. This is... A pretty crazy ability. Like all of these cards, they're saying draw a card more or less, and they're all on great creatures. So it's better than just a card. It's like another threat. One thing that I had question wise for you is on the double team with removal, how can you stop the double team? Is it like a trigger when it comes into play, or how does that work that you can prevent the conjuring? Oh, it happens when they attack. So if they don't get to attack, if you kill it before the first attack step, then they don't get the copy. Okay, I see. So I was looking at like Champions of Tear and I was like, oh, when it enters the battlefield, but that's a separate ability and the double team is just an attack trigger. Thank you for cleaning that up for me. Yeah, not a problem, man. That's what I'm here for. Valuation wise, I would say it adds about 0.75 of a card to it. Mm hmm. That makes sense to me. I want to say 0.8, but you know, it's a lot easier to just be like three quarters of a card. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who could say four fifths? Right. Four-fifths, I guess. (laughs) Well, because I look like this. If you play Champions of Tear, I rated that one like a 4.5 because, you know, obviously I'm doing all the reviews. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The only reason I didn't give it a five is that it has that window to kill it. Mm -hmm. But wow, is that card absurd? Yep, it is absurd. I guess the one thing that the format has going for it against Champions of Tear is that it costs four mana and it dies to bolt. Like if there's a three mana spell. Or a three damage spell, not three mana spell. So if your opponent does drop this early and you do have the removal, you could kind of get a tempo swing maybe if it's undercosted. Maybe they'll be nice and give us the same lightning bolt version that was in real life, Baldur's Gate. Oh, is that just lightning bolt? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, that artwork is really cool on the showcase. I saw that the other day. Oh yeah, I opened a play set of them. Yeah, I was like, I know you like your alternate arts. I didn't get any Elder Dragons out of two boxes, but I sure did get a play set of alternate art lightning bolts, and that ain't bad. Very nice. I would take Strangle in this set. That would be cool. Yeah. I think anything like that is you're going to have to have it, because otherwise you're just going to get buried by Double Team. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. 
Some of them aren't going to be worth 0.75 of a card. Like the 2-1 for 2. That's more like half a card valuation to me. Because later in the game when you play that, yeah, it replaces itself, but it probably just got eaten. Yeah, Soldiers of the Watch, I think is the card we're talking about. It's one in a white for a 2-1 just double team. And that really reminds me of Dwarven Reinforcements almost, where you can like two mana foretell it and then you get two two ones and like very medium card from Kaldheim. I mean, that was a high powered set. But yeah, this is an example of a card where double team is not nearly as good. The next ability is Specialize. Specialize lets you pay the cost and discard a card in hand to change it to one of the versions of the card that shares a color with a discarded card or with color the land could produce. The concept is simple, but man, do I think they overdid it. This could be such a cool mechanic with two choices, but five is overwhelming. Even as someone who's played since the beginning of Magic, loves complicated games, and has had to make split-second decisions with someone's life on the line as a doctor, I think this is way too much to have to decide on, either playing with them or against them. Maybe on MTGO with a chess timer, but on Arena, this is going to cause roping or bad decisions on either end due to lack of time to figure it out. I also question if this is the best use of time for the design team. Basically, six cards in one eats up a lot of time and design space that could have been used in other cards. I also think it'd be really hard to make sure it's balanced out properly, even with a dedicated team. All right, so I think my first impulse is I don't play on mobile that much, but like, can you imagine how is it going to work on your phone? Right. But like outside of that, some things that I think are really cool about it. I like how it only specializes into a card of of the pitched color or land. It kind of reminds me of like the modern elementals that are just like really fun. There's like that bit of like color matters kind of thing that is not that present in modern limited, whereas like the old formats we had like protection from colors and all sorts of crazy stuff. And the other thing I like is that it lets you discard a land as well, because that just always adds value to any ability. In my opinion, I love like stuff like connive and blood and just any way to turn my lands into value. So while I think that they're is a lot of overwhelming stuff going on with it. I do see some things that I like about the ability. And as far as I can tell, you can do this at instant speed. I hope so. Which makes blocking and attacking a nightmare. Oh, that's a good point. I almost hope that it's sorcery speed when you mentioned that. Yeah, because there's like five different versions and it depends on like what color card is in your hand. Wow. This could be a really fun and really overwhelming set, honestly. I feel like these specialized cards in particular, like I'm just going to be on the arena day one and I'm going to have no clue what's going on. And like, I'm going to lose to like one of the five modes that I didn't even know existed. And then I'll be like, okay, that's what this card does. And then the next time I'll like lose to some other mode and I'll be like, oh, I thought it did that. And like, it's going to be hard for me to wrap my head around, I think, but we'll get there. And the color restriction isn't as bad as you think it is because all of the versions, like say Clement, Novice Acolyte, it's a white card and all the other versions are white and something else, or just the white version. So you just pitch a white card or a planes, and you can choose any of them. Ah. Is the double land that you circle or whatnot, is that in this set, or is that only in the paper version? That Only in the paper version. Okay, so we don't know anything about the non-basic lands yet, other than these seek lands that are monocolored? Right. Okay, cool. Because I was like, if the lands produce a lot of colors or something, those could be very valuable as well with this mechanic. But it doesn't matter because as long as you have a color that's the same as the base color of it, you'll be able to pick any of the five. Ah, okay. I see, I see. I take back my statement about the lands. (laughs) It's all good, man. Like I said, two choices is fine. It's a cool thing you could do because it's digital. But five, so now that there are six versions of this card. And how much of this could have been another card? Like this 4-4 that when it leaves Battlefield creates a 4-4. That could have just been a card somewhere. 
Yeah, that is very much a magic card. And instead, it's using all of it on this. And I just feel that that was a poor choice. That's fair. Yeah. Time will tell when the set comes out and we see everything. But seems like a lot for one piece of cardboard, per se, even though it is digital. Looks like most of them are either rare or uncommon so far, which is good. I believe that. Yeah. Common would be way too much. So you probably won't have to deal with more than one of these at a time in a game, but still. Mm-hmm. They basically changed a lot of the ones that had backgrounds to this. Okay, okay. That makes sense because, yeah, I had read through the backgrounds and I was like, oh, these are just like curses. Like, we don't want those. But thankfully, they thought ahead and took those out for some cards that are going to be pretty busted, it sounds like, actually. Right. Well, like, Wilson. Like, why did they have to change Wilson? He was a 2-2 for 2, Reach Trample Vigilance, Ward 2, that was choose a background. Instead, he's only a Reach Trample Ward 2, knowing as Vigilance, but then a Specialized 4. One of the versions has can't be blocked in trample. Think about that. Someone mentioned that before, and I couldn't think of an application, but there's, there's got to be one. Ram through. Oh, yep. Okay. Boom. Let's go. So they're printing ram through in the set, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like it. Other things I like. I like the gates. Yes. Love those. Interesting. They're only one color, but they draw a card yeah and by the time that you have the mana to use one of these for that it's when you're going to want a non-land card for sure oh absolutely i mean i think in a lot of ways these will play very similar to the tapped dual lands that sack to draw a card in streets of new capenna as far as like when you'll actually be activating them like you don't have to sack this land but like four mana is going to be a big investment early in the game well i think these are better than that even without the dual land part of it okay that's exciting because you're guaranteed to get a non-land card yeah, that's true. I haven't played with Seek that much, and very good point. Keeping the mana actually matters. I don't know if there's going to be like a Gates Matter card, but there's also the Follow the Tracks common. Have you seen that one? I do not think I have seen Follow the Tracks, no. Conjure a card of your choice from Follow the Tracks spellbook onto the battlefield for green and two colorless. And okay, yeah, it looks like it's sorcery. Right, but it gets one of the gates. Oh. The only drawback to that is that Look at the spell book. Oh, no, this isn't draft. Okay, never mind. So you get to choose. Because if it was like draft. Okay. Like the normal ones from their spell book where you only get to choose from three and you get like three that were the colors not in your deck. That'd be hilarious. Oh <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Like womp, womp, womp. Or like how some of the uh, alchemy cards are like, do a random one. And what if you just got a random gate? It was just like one out of five shot. Maybe you get the color you need. <laughs> Big money, no whammies. <laughs> that's how they do it back in like the legends era or something <laughs> oh man that time we legends drafted oh i can never forget that it was so bad so many playables no there were not <laughs> i just remember the worst thing was somebody opened moat and was just like <laughs> oh god no no guess we're not doing anything want to count the cards in the deck <laughs> <laughs> yeah grab a snickers all right Let's see what else stands out Ooh, you come to a river's a fun little reprint. That card did end up playing pretty well in the regular set. And I know we were talking before the show, it looks like we've also got Sepulchre Ghoul and Farida's Fireball. So it's going to be exciting to revisit some of the old AFR cards for sure, because I had a lot of fun drafting that set. Yeah, I don't think Portable Hole is going to be that good, though. Most of the cards spoiled are higher rarities and it looks like higher cost. But I totally agree that Portable Hole probably won't be very good here. One of the other ones I find interesting is Sworn to the Legion. Okay, what is that? It's white, white, four. And when it enters the battlefield, non-token creatures you control perpetually gain double team. And whenever you cast a creature spell, it perpetually gains double team. Seems very strong. 
Yeah, if the format's slow enough, like it just means that every creature you have keeps becoming itself again and making another copy. Almost like a Volo without restrictions. But it is six mana. So it really depends on the speed of the format, because this is one of those cards that's either an absurd bomb or a complete crap. Yeah, yeah, six mana 4-4 four, four is risky stat line in this modern era. Well, it's six mana do nothing. It's not a creature? No, it's just an enchantment. Oh, I thought this was a 4-4. Four, four. Okay, yeah, no, that could very much be a bomb or a bootlegger stash. <laughs> Which means you'll be rocking it? I'll be trying to. <laughs> Time will tell if it's worth it. But I will try. If I get this thing in the first couple of days, you know I'm going to try to make it a thing. We're just going to flip through some more cards, just talk about a little Like, Mace of Disruption, I don't think this thing's going to be playable at all. It was clearly designed with double team in mind, but as its base, giving a creature plus O plus two and pro demons and devils isn't going to be doing enough. It's cool that it perpetually gives the bonus every time when they attack, but yet again, you have to have double team or multiples of a card. So I don't think that's actually even playable. Yeah, this card looks like a niche sideboard card. If like maybe the black red deck has tons of demons and devils and this card could just kind of stonewall them if they're like an aggressive deck or something. It is only equip one, which is nice, but not pumping on the attack until it already, uh, or I guess the first time. So once you attack, it's a plus one plus two equipment. So it might not be terrible, but I don't like it reading it at all, but I might try it still. Kaleem to Jin's Emperor, which went from a pretty simple card in Baldur's Gate to they can't actually fit all the text on the preview. <laughs> That's always nice for the limited format when you only have like the rope and the 60 second timer and stuff like it's nice to make the cards more complex than the paper version. Literally, if you look, they can't fit all the text onto the preview of it. So we don't actually know for sure if that's the end of the text. Oh my god, <laughs> you love to see it. This Irenicus Vile Duplication seems pretty sick, though. I like that. What is the Vile Duplication? I don't know if I'm seeing that on the spoiler I'm looking at. It's blue and three. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, except it has flying and isn't legendary if the creature's legendary. Oh, I do see that now. I like it a lot, and I certainly would not want to jam that into open mana. No, no, no. If you were thinking, you at home are thinking, ooh, I'm just going to jam this when they just said go on turn three. You should not. <laughs> Yeah, maybe don't. You might come to a river. Right. Well, at least we see this Stein Invokers actually does get Lightning Bolt into your hand. So technically, Bolt is in the set. You know, I'll take it if it's a Mystical Archive or a Conjure, you know, as long as we got access to Lightning Bolt, that's a good thing in my book. Maybe they'll give us the art for it. That new art. Ooh, that's a spicy one. And something we were talking about before the show, they have the regular and the alchemy versions of some cards on here, and we don't actually know which ones are going to be in the draft. We think it's going to be the alchemy versions, but, you know, we could be in for a surprise. You never know. What about Mind Spike? Are you okay with playing that card? Um, let's see. What is Mind Spike? It's a black card. I think I saw it up here earlier. One black sorcery. Target opponent reveals non-creature, non-land card in their hand. You choose a reveal card that way. They discard it. You lose two life. If they didn't reveal a card this way, you draw. Oh, this has Florida Mon written all over it. This is... I will start off not playing this card personally, and if it becomes a thing that like a lot of other people are saying they have success with, I'll start incorporating it into my decks, but this is not the kind of card that I go out there trying to make happen early in a format personally. But the upside is that you can always draw a card with it. So, well, I guess you cannot always draw a card with it. They would have to hold a spell. So it's conditional. I don't like these effects in general. I like to play to the board. 
But Chris will for sure have this in his deck released early. He'll test it for us. He'll let us know. Oh, yes. Best one drop in the format. I find it weird that they spoiled Ancient Brass Dragon, but they haven't spoiled the other dragons yet. When you spoil one, you basically spoil all five by saying that's in there, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I think you're right there. Leads me to think, can you even play the blue one? Ah, the blue one like rolls a d20 and draws, or is that the one that makes copies? The one that rolls a d20 and draws. Yeah, I think you could play it. I mean, you could play Rafine. If you hit the net 20, you're like, uh, crap. (laughs) I mean, I guess you if you have more than 20 cards in your deck, it's fine. But if you don't. Yeah, sometimes it's a big defender. You're probably winning the next turn if you draw 20, though. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you have like a 7-7 in play or whatever, flyer. Mm -hmm. I like your chances. I mean, the red one seems like it's way better than constructed, the treasure one. By the time you crack in with that, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't need 17 treasures. I think that most of their value is just going to be like the big dumb flyer aspect and the other stuff is just going to be like stapled to the flyer. Like, because yeah, if you're attacking with these seven power flyers, like that's really enough most of the time in a game of limited. This black one's ability when you reanimate X equal to a D20 roll, like that card just ends the game if it attacks. Or, oh, deals combat damage to a player. My bad. So they can chump it. Right. And if you're getting through with that, you're probably winning anyway. Yep, exactly. But hell of a card. I do like this Emerald Dragon. We've got a Flying Trample 4-4 for 6. And it's an adventure card. So you can do a little dissonant wave, not a dinosaur wave, but a dissonant wave. And counter target activated or triggered ability from a non-creature source. So that's pretty exciting. I think you could even counter like a boon trigger there. So that is one way to interact with the boon, if my interpretation is correct here. And, oh, you could also counter like the gate seek and stuff like that. So I do like this Emerald Dragon as far as the understated, overcosted 4-4 flying trample that we see these days. It does have, you know, some upside early in the game. Yeah. All right. That's kind of our early impressions of some of the stuff in this set. We'll be going over more stuff next week. But now that brings us to our cool play of the week. I'm going to give it to Benji here for transforming Midnight Hunt into RNA as he was milling people out while recurring his deck over and over with devious cover up doing its best clear the mind impression. Oh, yes. Not even a resolved meat hook massacre could stop this mad lad. (laughs) That was a fun game. I was like, all right, I have to really not take damage now because it's going to be a long game. But real credit to Sam Black on that one with the devious cover up loops. That's definitely where I learned it. But I really love Eccentric Farmer, Organ Hoarder, and Self Mill. It's one of my favorite ways to play Limited. So yeah, I've been enjoying the bot draft. I'm sure there was a joke here about Self Mill and that one guy. (laughs) Oh, probably. Probably. Uh, Did Chris have any bad beats? Brings us to our next section, Benji's Bad Beat of the Week. What do you got? What? Yeah, you've got to have a bad beat for us. At some point this week, something had to go down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just basic mana woes. I don't think there was like one particular bad beat. I will say, oh, it wasn't a bad beat so much as like my opponent was just like popping off and I was really excited for them because it was my one chromatic cube draft and my opponent had a Volo and then they played Yarok the Desecrator. I think it is. It's like a three, five lifelink that doubles triggers. Mm -hmm. And then they played a Hornet Queen. And so they had like 16 (laughs) Bs and I got stung. But another bad beat, actually, I was using the Momir Vigpool 
And turn five, I spell swindled them. And then I just put 10 mana into the pool trying to get an Ulamog was what I thought I would get. And I managed to get a some sort of dragon tyrant that had during your upkeep pay four red or sacrifice it. And I did not have four red. <laughs> so <laughs> my entire game plan was foiled by the arena. But those are probably my bad beats. And yeah, Chromatic Cube is actually a blast. Nice. All right. So thanks again for coming on this week. You have anything you want to plug, anything like that? I know we kind of do a lot of the same stuff together, but you always got to give you an opportunity. Yep. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me. I'd say the main thing is just, you know, check out my Twitter, my Twitch, but you know, that's all in the Draft Lab stuff and love the Draft Lab Discord. Come hang out with us. Yeah. Catch you all around soon. Come check out our totally free Discord where you can get deck tech, pick advice, check out our trophy decks, discuss limit, or just chill. You can find the Draft Lab on Twitch at J2SJosh, Florida Bun, Icky, Eagle TV to Jordan and DeFore. Don't forget to check out MTGAZone.com for awesome strategy articles by the Draft Lab. Well, that's 47 episodes in and SNC was so bad that Chris wasn't even willing to show up to wrap it up.